Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Did a really good show last night. I watched some of it because we didn't go live uh, as a podcast. So make sure you check out all the guys on Post Up 5R. That's as soon as the game ends. And also before floor, an hour before every game starts and Greg Sylvander and I are among those who are on that one. Also five reasons sports.com. That's where you go for Brady Hawks. Latest takeaways, not even COVID could get him from posting at the buzzer last night, his takeaways. And also of course, everything there is free and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. Greg is with me today and you know why that is. That's because I'll set Greg up you, here. If you got the schmutz, we they, they got the guts. That's they got water. the guts. I butchered the tagline here. Go to water cleanup of Florida. Water cleanup of Florida is there for you 24 hours a day. So if while I couldn't shut off my smoke alarm last night, and it was keeping me up all night. If I had a water damage issue here, I would have called water cleanup of Florida because they are there 24 hours a day. And when a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast and reliable services. Water cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress than an unexpected disaster may cause. If you're a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim or you're dealing with water mold or fire damage, you got to find a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor. And they've got over 60 years of combined experience between Michael, Robert, and the rest of the team. So they're prepared to handle any size disaster. They're third generation contractors in South Florida. So continuing to maintain their sterling reputation is extremely important to them. They'll make the cleanup and insurance claim process hassle free. So reach out to water cleanup of Florida. That's what water cleanup of Florida. One-stop shop. Call Michael on his personal cell at 954-579-0356. 954-579-0356. Again, if you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. And now today's episode. Down to this Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. We woke up early in the morning to do this. We were up last night. I will say this. uh, Greg is not as washed as I expected. He did make it to the end of the game. It was actually me who I made it to the end, but I just wasn't feeling great. We decided to push this. To the morning, a crazy game it was. The Miami Heat beat the Portland Trailblazers. They hold them off at the end after blowing a 19-point lead, but you really couldn't blame them 
because of everything that happened in this game. Of course, still no Bam, still no Jimmy, still no Oladipo, still no Markeith Morris, although he's making googly eyes on Twitter again. Uh, still know a whole bunch of different guys, but they were getting a great performance from Kyle Lowry in terms of assists. He had nine assists, and then he was ejected when the Heat had the thing, it seemed like, in hand against the Portland team that was missing its starting backcourt of Lillard and McCollum. And then a second technical for an official, because essentially, I guess, although, Greg, we're going to go over what what he what came out after. It seemed like it was just because Lowry just handed him back the ball or flipped him back the ball. He was ejected. Things started to fall apart. They couldn't get themselves into offense. And then really led, in, in my view, in many ways, by P.J. Tucker, who Eric Spolstra uh, found a way to settle the team by running the offense through him. P.J. kept getting to the line. He wasn't making all of them, but he kept getting to the line. I had a tremendous all-around performance. And then Max Struess in a starting role, something we'll get into more a little bit later in the podcast with 25. And Omar Yurtsevin, uh, what do you end up with? 14 rebounds, I think, in the game. Uh, those those three guys really instrumental in pulling out the victory in a night that, that Tyler Hero struggled. Caleb Martin uh, played pretty well as well. But let, let's start here with the, the Lowry ejection and also – uh, the slap in the face uh, to Tyler Hero, who also pulled his own kind of Markeith Morris, excuse me, uh, Nikola Jokic type thing. <laughs> this time he did it to Nurkic. Uh, and as I tweeted last night, I hope that Nurkic doesn't have brothers. Let's just go over all the chaos of, of, of last night and, and your thoughts on the Lowry ejection, the Hero scuffle, Tucker's performance. So the Lowry thing was particularly weird and he was chirping a lot to start the game. Um, and, but I thought he was chirping at other players. I didn't know he was chirping at the refs. Um, I think it was Will Manso who tweeted that uh, in the, I think, what do they call that? The last two minute report or some, some sort of officiating report that I don't know the official name of that the second technical was for continuous complaining, which I just find to be like a biased uh, like, I just I don't know that it makes a lot of sense that that referee would have kicked Kyle out for that. I think that he whipped the ball at him and that had some visual impact on what was going on that he thought maybe it was worse than it actually was. But ultimately. For them to not have Kyle and then end up still figuring out a way to get this one. And I know that Portland is horrible defensively and things like that. Miami shot the three ball really well, 46%. Usually when they shoot that well from three, they get the win out rebounded Portland. So, I mean, overall, if you told me that they had to run offense through PJ Tucker to close the game, I would have said, this is not heading in the right direction, but somehow almost like from the mid post, it's like, what era of basketball is this? Uh, he was, you know, operating and I mean, six assists for PJ Tucker is just like a all around game. And I, we, I just can't be um, impressed enough by what PJ Tucker has brought to the heat this year. He has exceeded every uh, imagine what expectation. I think he's, I think uh, the heat have probably exceeded his expectations too. And in, in what they've trusted him with and what they've helped bring out of him at this stage of his career, you kind of, it's kind of a shame that he didn't get here sooner. Although of course he got a championship along the way uh, in Milwaukee, but he was tremendous. I, I, I mean, and you were looking for somebody because, you know, once Lowry went out, you don't have anybody. I mean, it's one of those situations that you know, Rio was inactive. Uh, he probably would have been useful in the second half last night, at least because he knew how to get into an Eric Spolster offense. There's nobody else who could really do it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but 
you know, they they had to entrust Tyler Hero with it for a little bit. And it's just clear at this stage that when Tyler has to do that, he doesn't do the thing that he's best at, which is shoot the ball efficiently. Um, and so, you know, there, there were mistakes that were being made. Uh, he was way off with his jumper. I thought he actually played a pretty decent first half when Lowry was in. Once Lowry went out, it, it kind of uh, all all went out the window. Um, and look, they didn't beat a juggernaut last night, uh, but Anthony Simons it, can play. I mean, he had 40, what 40 something uh, in the previous game against Atlanta, and he had he went crazy in the third quarter again. And it was just one of those games that we, I thought we were going to talk about. That was a bad loss. Like, how did they let that thing get away? And it was PJ. He totally settled them. Um, I love watching PJ get angry at himself. It, it's just, it's amusing um, on kind of everything. And the thing about that, about Lowry is, I mean, literally, literally if you're going to give him a technical for continuous complaining, he would be teched up before every game starts. Uh, right. Kyle Lowry hasn't stopped complaining in about 12 years. Imagine Brown and Dwayne's uh, laundry list. Oh my God. I, I just, I mean, that was, that was a, a rookie official. Um, and uh, Spolster said after the game that it was the same official that, te- that teched him up in uh, Sacramento. So I guess he worked not back-to-back games, but two out of three, which is a little strange for the NBA. They, they, they tend to mix these things up a little bit more unless they're in a playoff series and they're down to a limited number of officials. So I, it was just, poorly handled by them, but you didn't want this one to be one of those that you said at the end of the season. Okay. That Portland game, they should have had it. Um, the hero thing. And then, then we'll touch on specific players, but not, not, not the hero playing thing, but the hero thing with Nurkic. Uh, this is the second time now that Tyler's had a scrap. He, he had one of the game that uh, the Sunday game here. I can't even remember who they beat. Um, the one I took my daughter to. <laughs> Try to remember exactly who they were playing. Oh, it was Orlando. He, uh-huh. he had he had that little issue with um, uh, the guard from Orlando who was yelling him as he walked away. But he, this is a second kind of thing that he's had. Like he can be a little bit chippy. Um, I, I think there was some fault both ways here on that one. Oh, for right, sure. Greg? Yeah. No. And I, I think it was a culmination of like, you see Tyler's frustrations yeah. and um, like, just cause of the way he retaliated. And I think also like when you get open hand slapped, like there's something about that, that almost is worse than getting punched. So he, he also got really upset by that whole sequence, but what you're kind of seeing as Tyler's numbers normalize throughout the year, like he's had his, tr- his blazing stretch. I was about to say trailblazing, but that's not appropriate since they just played them. <laughs> Um, And he's also had his down moments. But if you look at it overall, he's attempting five more shots a game. But his field goal percentage is actually down two percentage points to last year. So I think it's just informative to us to see that when the game is simplified for Tyler, he really um, flourishes when they make things more confusing and they give him more responsibilities with playmaking, decision making and uh, kind of getting everyone organized. Mm -hmm. There's an element to like when they started to uh, entrust Dwayne to do those things that although he wasn't a point guard and he didn't get you organized like Kyle Lowry does or something like that, like he could still kind of like dictate tempo and and, and really dictate the pace. Tyler is not there yet. And I think that it all the more... feeds into that Spo needs to keep him in the role that they've got him in until he can get to that level. Right. 
Yeah, no, and that's the point that we've kind of made repeatedly here. And 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 everybody thinks it's a it's a shot at Tyler. It's not. It's it's that when they put him in this role this year, we liked it because it does make sense. It, it clears the deck for him to just do what he does best and come in and kind of figure out. And it usually takes him a couple minutes, but he does figure out kind of okay, where where are the seams today? Where 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 can I create? What spots can I get to? Uh, he can't do that as much when you have to put the ball in his hands and he's got to set everybody else up. He, like I said, he's just, he's not, he's not a point guard. Now we're in this era where everybody's a point guard, right? Like every two guard in the league is entrusted with point guard responsibilities to the point that you don't know who's a point guard and who's not, but I can tell you, he's not a point guard. I mean, I, he's just not. And he'd probably tell you that himself. Yeah. Kyle Lowry is a point guard. Now that we've seen what it looks like, or it's supposed to look like, even I mentioned it earlier, even a guy like Mario Chalmers, who was we talked about during his playing days, was not a traditional point guard. He was playing off the ball a lot. He was kind of the more Derek Fisher type point guard when Derek played with Kobe uh, or the uh, the John Paxson type B.J. Armstrong type point guard that played off of uh, that played off of Jordan. That Rio was that to LeBron and to Dwayne. OK, but if you needed to hand the ball to Mario and say, get us into offense. Mario Chalmers could get them into offense. Tyler Hero can't consistently get them into offense and get his own. That's the thing. Like, and and with Mario, you didn't really care as much if he got his own. Okay. And he was unselfish in that way. For as much as people talked about his outsized ego and all the rest of that, Mario was okay not scoring a whole bunch of points. Tyler is is a, is a trained killer as a scorer. That's that's what he is. Okay. And and it's very difficult for getting into it. But they had no choice last night. And I will just say this, PJ Tucker, like we said, I mean, you talk about additions that they've made over the years. They have more than made up for the whole the whole Harkless Bradley thing from the previous season. Like they nailed the mid-level this year in terms of, of what they gave to PJ Tucker. All right, we're gonna pivot now though, because there look, there's some we haven't talked about much, or two things, and we got to get to them. Okay. One in particular, the guy who started last night and had 25, five, and six and is averaging now 22 points in his starts all wins by the way right back here on five on the floor before we come back want to tell you about a couple of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network if you're playing daily fantasy you might have wanted to play that guy last night go to prizepicks.com use the code five f-i-v-e and you'll get your initial deposit match that means you get give them a hundred dollars they'll match it with a hundred dollars you got two hundred dollars to play with and you don't have to play it all at once play the flex play the power play or any of the other games there on the prize picks uh, app Again, you use it as an app or as a website, and you can play if you want to play NFL, NHL, any of the other sports, you can do that too. Go to prizepicks.com. That's one of the cool things. If you're a hockey fan and a basketball fan and you want to play Jonathan Huberdo and Jimmy Butler, well, when Jimmy Butler's playing, you can play them together. Go to prizepicks.com, use the code five, get your initial bonus matched. We've got a different code for a couple of the products here that are sponsors of the network. One of them, if you want any kind of grooming products, go to manscaped.com, use the code 5RSN for 25% off, and therapistpreferred.com, use the code 5RSN for all of your premium CBD. And that's the number 5RSN. All right. Um, Max Drew started last night. Duncan Robinson didn't. Now, we can say, oh, Duncan was being worked back in. But Max missed even more time than Duncan. And a decision was made. I, I think we all agreed with the decision to move Hero to the bench. But he could have just plugged Duncan back into the starting lineup, and he didn't. He put Struess in there. And then even though Duncan had one of his better shooting games, he was four of six from the field, 
I think Duncan, I know they were both supposed to be on minutes restrictions. According to what Spolstra told the media before the game, I think Duncan played 18 minutes and Max 16, 16 and Max played how many? 31. Okay. They basically split the time, right? But Max got two thirds of the minutes on a night. This is what's significant to me on a night that Duncan shot the ball well. Because usually when Spolster cuts Duncan's minutes, uh, and, it, and we've noted this trend that even though Duncan was still starting, that Spolster was kind of pulling the minutes back a little bit. Like the month before, it was like 29 minutes a game, and it went down to 23 minutes a game. And you could see this where Max was getting a little bit of a bigger role. Um, but it really is hard to ignore when he just makes a lineup switch. Like it's, it's one thing for us to say, okay, He's giving Max a little bit more responsibility on the nights that Duncan's not shooting well. No, like Max was the guy they rode last night, and Duncan was the guy who was the afterthought. So do you think that this was a one-night blip, a product of the other players who were available, and so it made more sense to get some of Max's creation, which he does some of that, uh, in the starting lineup? Or do you, And again, there's still no Bam and Jimmy who are the guys that Duncan plays best off of. Or is this something that, I mean, again, they, they're undefeated with Max as a starter and he's averaging more than 22 points over the past five starts. So I would love for it to be the latter, that they are um, in a very non-controversial way at a very opportunistic moment. Uh, Spo is getting uh, the opportunity to thrust Struess into the starting lineup and kind of pull back on Duncan. I'd love for that to be what actually takes place. That's personally what I would prefer, I think, at this point. Um, and I'll get into why in, in a minute. But I, I think that there's just there's a bigger thing to look at here. And I keep moving the goalposts with Max Struess because um, I don't know what they have in him in terms of like initially I thought, OK, you got a good bench shooter. And then you think, okay, now you got a good spot starter that can maybe do things offensively a little more than you thought. And now the way that he's shooting at the volume that he's shooting and the things that he can do athletically that some of the guys that also shoot the ball don't do. I just think that it's just interesting that, that Spo is trusting him in that way and just literally shelving Duncan Robinson. In. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To me, the, the, the thing to really watch with that is just when you pay Duncan that money, and I keep coming back to this, I can't help it. Like now you have Caleb Martin, Max Struess, these guys, Kyle Guy that comes out of nowhere and he's shooting really well from three. He was one of two again last night. Even Haywood Highsmith has been a, a good three-point shooting addition. I start to wonder if there was a little bit of there or there's going to be a market correction on shooters overall and just mm -hmm. what that means for Duncan. And I just, when there's a game like tonight, for you to have your fourth highest paid player play 16 minutes, like that's, that's a tell of some kind. I don't know exactly what it means just yet, but that's a tell to me. On a night that he shot well. I, I keep coming back to that because if, if he was one of six, 
then I think all of us would have said, okay, Duncan had another night where he struggled. Eric Spolscher wanted to go to another option. But when he's four of six, and like you said, they didn't have their three, I mean, their three horses, okay? And and he, and he's fourth in, on, on the salary pecking order. And, and I, I am have not been one of those who's obsessed over the salary. The going rate was the going rate. I just, I just haven't been. Okay. And again, they need a contract to move eventually uh, if they're going to try to do something else significant. I mean, I, I it's not going to be Dame Lillard, but I mean, geez, I mean, the heat actually posting the Jersey swap or the Jersey for bottle swap with bam. I don't know what that was. They know what uh, they're doing is, is something I'm so surprised. They're not worried about the league office on that one. Uh, but you know, it's, it's just a, I'm not big on the whole contract talk. I, I never have been. I, I, I because, and I come back to to Riley's phrase on this. There are obstacles, but there are none. When when you know, I was at that press conference uh, before they got Jimmy Butler, and Pat was in kind of the most antagonistic mood that I'd seen him in since he was a coach because it was coming off of all the criticism of the waiters contract, the Tyler Johnson contract, which was not him really uh, the Olenek contract, which was fine, I guess, but the white side contract, the James Johnson contract and, and Barry and Ira were challenging him, particularly Barry. I think rightly so on this idea of the money that was spent on some of these guys. And Pat said, there are obstacles, but there are none. And honestly, Pat just made that shit up off the top of his head. Okay. But we have a t-shirt for it. But but the thing is, it's, a, it's one of my favorite shirts, actually. Yeah. But but OK, his point was we'll f- f- and figure it out. OK. And we also have the cap guy who who's the best in the business. And so between us, we'll get this settled. Now, nobody thought that they would be able to pull the rabbit out of the hat of giving up, you know, sort of a, a middling starter in Josh Richardson you know, and, you know, Hassan Whiteside's, you know, pouty face for Jimmy Butler. Okay. Like nobody thought, and especially with what fell apart there in the Dallas part of that trade with Dragic and all the rest of that, nobody thought that they'd be able to pull that off. Okay. And they needed somebody like Jimmy to want to be here so badly and commit, you know, so quickly that it was, they were, that helped them quite a bit. Okay. No question, but they did it. Right. And so, you know, ever since then, I just don't freak out about the contract thing. Like, yes, it was frustrating that they gave those contracts out as we've talked about many times to mediocre, you know, starters. Okay. Who they could manufacture in a lab pretty damn easily. Okay. And they gave them that kind of, not just money, but commitment of years and all the rest of that. And it took them kind of out of the room for Kevin Durant and it took them out of the room for other players. And yes. So at the time it was bad, but now it's just like my thing on with them on contracts is, uh, Andy will figure it out. Okay. Yeah. I, no, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm a hundred percent aligned. I think it's important. I guess I should clarify for, for the listeners. Like I don't think giving Duncan Robinson that contract was the wrong move. And I think that having that deal on the books is actually can be beneficial. Go forward. It's just, I guess now with the con the circumstances in the context of Max Struess and and Caleb Martin and these guys that are kind of coming in and and plugging these holes. I just think that it would be naive to not think that the heat are going to look at the roster, see where they could balance. And it just makes sense that Duncan Robinson rises to the top of the, uh, of the chart in terms of who they would move 
to kind of maybe balance who they would have next to Bam to give PJ a little bit of a break because of all the stuff he's doing. I mean, I don't know. You want to take him off the floor, but he's playing 35 minutes in January at night. Right. So that, that, that's not, I, I don't and, think, but, that but that's a lot of that, vision. a lot of that is also, if they just had Marquise Morris healthy, then that's true. Probably would be eating, you know, at least 10 to 12 minutes into that. I, I this is, there's a larger philosophical conversation to have here that we should have in another pod. Okay. Which, uh, because I, I want to get back to Struis and I want to talk a little bit about Omer, but who also plays into this somewhat, but like the, the, there's a larger philosophical conversation of whether the heat should ever give money to somebody that they develop, right? Because they have gotten so good at developing these guys. Okay. Because even with the James Johnson, Dion situations at the time, the heat were not the factory of development that they are right now. Okay. Now th they have a history of developing some guys going all the way back to Udonis or Joel Anthony or, before that, Anthony Carter, we've talked about all the, but, but there was a lull during the big three era. Um, they didn't hit on a lot of these developmental projects, like whether it was a Mikel Gladness or a Terrell Harris, people that they invested some time into Briante Weber, the point guard that they brought back six times. I mean, you're going to miss on some of these guys because there's a reason that they were undrafted in the first place, but they're not missing anymore. Like they're, they're literally their track record now on this is insane. Like I, I I was going through Twitter last night, late last night, as I was trying to turn my smoke alarm off. And and as you're going through it, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the comments from other fans, fans around the NBA under the Max Struess posts from like the national blogs. Right. And it's all like, how the F did the Heat find another one? Like these are these are Raptor fans and Spurs fans and Laker fans. Like this is becoming insane. Okay. Like you don't, you don't just find a guy who gives you, you know, 25, five and six. Okay. You know, and, and he's like the third guy we were talking about from, I mean, they don't even have Gabe Vincent back. They literally took a guy and Gabe Vincent. Okay. Who we were all like, this is not this. Sorry. This is not a playable guy. Okay. To damn, that was a good contract that they signed this guy. They really need him back on the floor. Like, this is so there's a larger philosophical conversation. I'll let you close the loop on this, but I want to get back to, to Struess and then touch on Omer here about whether they should ever pay anybody uh, that they develop. Right. I mean, I. Yeah, no. And I, I, I think that that is a really meaty topic that we should save for another episode. But in one sentence, I would just say that it's slippery slope and you just got to make sure that you don't become, you know, I always. uh they're the critically acclaimed asset manufacturers, as I call them. But at some point, you can't treat it like 2K and you have to remember that they're human beings and you have to reward certain guys. And that's the discernment you have to have situation over situation. But that's all for another podcast. Let's continue to talk about Max Struess. Yeah, no. Well, because he, he plays into it. So I, I think it does tee it up. And, and I think it's a, it's a good poll question. Maybe I can throw out there on Twitter and it, it can kind of energize another episode because I know there are some who feel pretty strongly about this, but you're right. There is a human element. I mean, you look at Philadelphia right now and there's the GM there and they've had a, a series of GMs there. OK, uh, starting with Hinky, you know, maybe not as much the two in between with Colangelo and Brand, but the last guy they got now, Morey, who is like the king of this, of, of not understanding kind of the personal aspects of it. And it's all it's all people on a spreadsheet. You don't want it to just be that. But also <laughs> when it looks like you've maybe built a better Duncan Robinson in the lab. Then I understand why certain fans make that point. All right. I, I want to tell everybody about one more sponsor and then we are going to just we're just going to drill down on, on Struis and Yurtsevin and close this pod. So actually, Greg can get to work. Okay. Because uh, you know, we, he needs to pay some bills 
as well. But before I let him do that, I want to tell you about one more sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. And this is City Cigar Lounge. We're telling you about this one because we're going to start doing some watch parties there before games and after games. It is a great spot just down the street from the arena. They got more than 30, 300, excuse me, 30, 350 different types of scotch, bourbon, whiskey, and tequila, and more than 50 brands of premium cigars. They got large, comfortable leather chairs, and it's a very classy, classy joint with great food. I just use the word joint. Oh, my God, I am so old. But they got a great food menu and happy hour and game specials, which we're going to partake in, and we're going to have some five reasons watch parties there as well. So we just want to mention it to you. It's City Cigar Lounge right there in downtown Miami. Check them out on Instagram as well. They post there regularly and they tell you everything that's going on on a nightly basis. All right. So Strews, uh, real quick here. We don't know exactly what they have. We probably need to do another episode on this. Uh, but other than defend, uh, you know, at a high level where he competes. OK, there's no question, but he doesn't defend at a high level other than defend at a high level. You know, what are I, I mean, what do they have? What what doesn't he do well offensively? Because it, it seems to me like he finishes in traffic. I mean, let's beyond the shooting, okay, which is he always seems to make his first shot, and he also, more importantly, wants those shots late. Like he has made a number of these late, and they trust him, and there's no hesitation, and there doesn't seem to need to be four screens. It's just like you get it to max, and he bails you out. But the other things, like he's pretty decent passer. I mentioned the finishing in traffic. Uh, he reads the game pretty well. He's a physical rebounder. Like, right? Like, I mean, yeah, if, no. if somebody said to you, Max Struess is a starter for this team, you'd be a starting two guard. You'd be like, okay, right? Like, especially if you've watched the last 10 games or so. I mean, I, I think that ever since summer league, I mean, remember they just put the ball in his hands at the top of the key and he's hitting game winners and stuff like that. Like there's an element of that, that I also, it kind of harkens back to this conversation where like Max Struess just, um, there's something about being able to give the ball to a guy and tell everyone, get the hell out of the way and he can get you a bucket. And I'm not saying you can live and die on Max Struess's back as a, as a playoff team or anything like that, but just to get you a bucket. I mean, you watch how he operates late he, he wants those moments. I think the heat like guys that really feed into that. That's part of, I think this group in general, like that, that fits in really well. You see Jimmy and him, uh, you know, doing double middle fingers at each other as they come back to the bench. Like there's a love affair there that I think is fun to watch. And, um, and I also think that like for Max to get like, this sounds a little funny, but the respect of a Jimmy Butler that way, like if he's just, openly just mocking max that's because max is so good to jimmy that jimmy just feels like he can do that and everyone knows what time it is like nobody thinks look at jimmy picking on this scrub so to, to me i i just think that we don't know what they have yet i think that duncan robinson obviously fits better with the starter so it, there's not going to be any um sweeping changes i don't think but i i really i think that they this is one that they should think about investing in. And maybe I'll be wrong about that. But uh, I just think that it, the, the way that he's played is just, it's just a little different than what we've seen from the regular, just shooters that come through, whether it's the Jason Capono's or the Mike Miller's um, he's just doing a little well, bit. Well, Hold more. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's funny. Mike was, it's funny. You mentioned that second name because when I was thinking about this last night, he's starting to remind me more of a shorter Mike uh, in a lot. Of, and I'm not talking about the Miller who came to the heat. I'm talking about the Miller 
pre Memphis before yeah. the back injury and all the rest of that stuff. But, you know, because there were some hero comparisons to Mike when Mike and Tyler's nothing like Mike. OK, other than white. OK. And, you know, and that, that's that's basically it. And, and, and Mike had a little soul to him, too. OK, but like if you go previous to the heat, what, what, what he thought they were getting before, you know, Mike had a string of injuries. All right. When Mike was at, not just Memphis, but Orlando, Mike. OK, where you can play I mean, point guard. Right. I mean, Mike, people forget like Mike Miller was rookie of the year. Okay. Like Mike, Mike Miller could do a lot of different things. That is an interesting comp for Max Struess. He's not as tall as Mike, but Mike played physically as a rebounder when he was young. um, And, and he, and he had some wiggle to his game too, when he was young. I mean, everybody remembers when he was in Florida, you know, the, the runner he made in the lane to finish it. Like those are Max Struess type things like that. That to me is the, the comp now for Max Struess. Uh, to take a look at. And I, he's just an interesting prospect. I mean, I, I'll say this, like we talk about Jimmy um, and we talked to Max about it when he was on the pod, but Jimmy liked Max last year. Okay. And we talked about it on the podcast. Like he, he thought something was there last year. Okay. Even when Max was a part-time two-way, I was hearing a lot of stuff from people around Jimmy. Like he likes Struce. Like, I mean, you know, he, he thinks he's Struce can play. And I was hearing some things about a couple guys who are not here anymore that Jimmy was not as fond of their games, but he liked Max Struess's game. Okay. And he clearly likes him personally. He also seems to like Gabe Vincent because he put out a wanted poster uh, yesterday on his Instagram. So Jimmy's having some fun on the bench. All right. We're not going to have time because we got so much. Uh, Greg's got to get to work and I got things to do too, uh, to get much to Omer. But I'll just say, so I'll give you 30 seconds. And I think we're going to devote maybe floors yours to Omer and some others tonight on the YouTube channel. Uh, but I'll just go to you on, on Omer and, and up, down, and whatever. But what he's accomplished as the single big, really, for the past eight games, I mean, you're talking about 13 or 14 rebounds a night. I mean, you can't – there are some rough stretches. I mean, there was that well white side stretch where he kept missing and rebounding and missing and rebounding, and that pads the numbers a little bit. Not intentionally, but it happened. But but overall, I mean, I guess you got to be impressed with how he's come along. He, he may, I mean, he outplayed Nurkic down the stretch last night. He did. And I think that it's really, really encouraging because it almost felt like they were pressured into signing Omer when he was playing really well in summer league and they didn't want someone else to scoop him up. And at the time, I didn't know that they really wanted to devote a guaranteed contract and guaranteed money um, to Omer. So to see him perform, I mean, just in the month of December, he was up to 19 minutes a game and got seven and eight. So he's essentially like, if you give him the minutes, he'll get you a double double. And he's Hassan like in that way and that the numbers just pile up. And I, I do think that there's, they're having to play differently with him. So we have to remember that. And this is the only other thing is that I, I, I would as a fan, you know, when you're watching him play these extended minutes and he's playing really well, I mean, just in the, in the three games in January, he's getting 33 minutes a night. You're thinking, well, how the heck are they going to shelve him back to the very back of the bench? Mm. Once you get Bam back and Deadman back and Markeith Morris back. And I would just say this, it's a COVID season. They need as many options as possible. So don't overthink it. Keep all the guys. You need a little bit of that depth. And maybe that'll play into the Duncan conversation too. But I think especially in the front court, they need to be careful not to get too thin. Yeah, no. And and the other thing is, look, uh, this is incredibly valuable experience for him. Um, you know, and he's on that contract. So they have a little bit of time to figure this thing out. And, you know, he, he, he having to play down the stretch as a single big and having to be trusted by these other guys when there is no one else to go to. I mean, look, 
again, we all sort of like Chris Silva's story and like him personally, but you're just kind of hoping to survive the minutes. I thought he actually played better minutes last night. You're just kind of hoping to survive the minutes. But here's one thing that I'll leave with him. This is a topic maybe we get into on floors yours. And again, we appreciate our sponsors, prizepicks.com. Use the code five, therapistpreferred.com. Use code five RSN, manscaped.com, five RSN. And of course, our friends over at Water Cleanup and City Cigar Lounge. But one thought here. I'm more comfortable with Omer playing these minutes than I was with Precious playing those minutes last year. And Precious is a guy that they drafted in the first round. So I, I don't know what Omer becomes, but I'm already more encouraged than I was with what we saw. I don't know that Precious could have put this string of games together that Omer has put together. So anyway, we, we've uncovered some stuff tonight. Um, I'm going to throw that Struce Miller thing out there. We're going to talk more about Omer on, on, on full, on, uh, excuse me, uh, floor jours tonight on the YouTube channel. And then of course, everybody's going to be talking about, okay, is Duncan the long-term starter here or not? And should you pay your own guys? Have a good day, everybody.